0: you, uh, we've got to release the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness. If we're going to follow your example, we've got to let it go. As Ken was saying that and singing that, Lord, a lot of faces went in front of me. And I thought about how you created us all to be able to forgive because of the power that we have in the name of Jesus. We can't do this on our own, Lord. Those faces, they pop up. And only by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ can they be pushed down. Only by your grace can we allow the bitterness to be gone, the rage, the frustration, spouse who walked out on us, someone who offended us, as Ken said, someone who stabbed us in the back. Uh, Jesus, clean us up tonight. Uh, Let us overcome that bitterness because Lord, we know when we get clean then you can use us as a more holy and beautiful vessel. For those who are standing up here tonight lord receiving these prayers anoint them tonight lord jesus bring healing into their soul let this be a step of faith to release the pain the hurt the sorrow i always think of you hanging on that cross lord and how you literally said father forgive them they don't even know what they're doing how amazing that is jesus and so tonight um come and clean us up come and cleanse us come and make us whole let your spirit continue to flow among us tonight Lord, we're going to look at your word we're going to see some beautiful things in your scriptures tonight and I pray that you would be here that your evidence would be all around us that your handprint, fingerprint would be on us tonight we receive it, we love you we thank you you're a good, good father we're so grateful that you love us the way you do I just really, as I was sitting down there, I felt led just to read read a psalm to you. So if you're here and want to make your way back to your seats, I'm, I'm just going to start reading this psalm. Let it sink in. It's Psalm 96. Just listen to the word of the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, most worthy of our praise. He is to be feared above all the gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all you earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that's in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in truth. I don't think we sit or stand and read the word of the Lord enough and just let it sink in. You know, I, I think that for most of us, we like this kind of worship and this kind of music, and we say, boy, that brought us into the presence of the Lord. What if that could happen for you one-on-one with God? What if you didn't have to come to Sunday night to have that experience? What if just you yourself out there somewhere in the forest where the trees are singing... Uh, by yourself in your car driving down the highway what if you could experience that power of the Lord in your own life now I'm sure there are many of you who have that happen I'm sure there are many of you who have wonderful times with the Lord where you sense his presence and you sense his grace on you and And I want to talk about that a little bit tonight because for me me personally, I don't experience my most intimate moments with the Lord, I got to be honest with you, in this type of setting. I enjoy it, I love it, I love worshiping with Ken, but it's not the place where I feel the most connected. The place I feel most connected is most often when I have my Bible in my hand or I'm out there in the real world and I just have a verse and the Lord connects me to him in some way and it just is powerful. That's my personal best place, and, and here's what I wanna start with tonight, uh, there is no exact right way to have devotions real important for me to tell you that. I remember one time um, when I was first getting into ministry and traveling across the country, and I had the occasion to meet people who are well-known names in ministry, people who you know, I've revered over the years or I've looked up to their ministry, and I've met them now, and, and I had a chance to talk with them. And I did this thing because I was really struggling trying to figure out what my devotions with the Lord needed to look like. Am I supposed to get up every morning at 5 a.m. and have my time with the Lord? Is, is it always supposed to be exactly that way? Because I, I just got to say something about me. I'm not a 5 a.m. guy. I'm a midnight guy. You call my house at midnight, I will be awake probably. Call me at 5 a.m.? No, I, take that back. Don't call me at 5 a.m. Some of you early risers, and I remember I used to feel guilty because I should get up because I remember the first time I met Jerry Falwell, I was on a plane with him one-on-one. We were flying out somewhere. He was going to be speaking, and he invited me to go along, and I was on the plane with him. I said, Dr. Falwell, you know, when do you spend time with the Lord? Man, I get up every morning at 4.30. I read my Bible, God helps me from 4:30 to 5:30, from 5:30 to 6:30. I pray, 6:30 to 7:30, I meditate, 9:30 to 12. I mean, he's sitting there reeling this off, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm not holy. <laughs> this dude is holy. And then I had the opportunity to meet several other names. I, I won't share those names. Dr. Fowler, of course, has gone on to be with the Lord but I had these people I got to meet. And one-on-one, I would say to them, hey, can I ask you a question? When do you do your devotions? And I was so encouraged because they all did them different ways. And they're all people that I highly respected and revered because of their closeness with God. And tonight, I just want to say to you, You have your devotions and your time with the Lord when it works best for you. He created you a certain way. He knows how you work best. The point is, just have time with God. Do it in a way that best works for you. But I want to show you tonight, in case like me, a pastor for many years, I struggled knowing exactly when to do that. And tonight, I'm gonna show you something the Lord taught me And it might be that you go, I don't need this. No problem. If you're doing your devotions and you're like Dr. Falwell, come on up here and finish this sermon, man. It's awesome. But for the rest of us, we would like to be able to say we're committed and and growing and really having strong devotions, but we struggle with it. And so the Lord laid this idea on my heart, and I started doing it. I started, and I'm going to show you tonight how I did it. I started reading one verse a day. One verse a day. Now, I would sometimes read passages with other stuff. Of course, I'm preparing and reading passages for studying and preaching, but I don't don't do my devotions while I'm working on my sermon. That's a separate thing from me. It's my time with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I, I really want to connect with you, and I want the words of this Bible. I love my Bible. And I want the words of this Bible to get up I want them like crawling on me I want this I don't want to just say hey I read a psalm I want that psalm to get up in me and live in me and I felt like the Lord laid this idea of reading one verse a day on my heart Dan you're trying too hard Dan you're killing yourself you're trying to read I did that walk through the Bible in a year thought I was going to lose my faith man that was killer to me it wore me out. I'm reading passages. I don't have any idea what I'm reading. And I'm a preacher. And it wore me out. And some of you are doing that. Good job. I had, but me, it just didn't work. And the Lord said, Dan, you can handle one verse a day. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like me. And I started reading one verse a day. And here's my deal. I would read that verse. Watch this. I would read that verse until that verse came alive in my everyday life. I would read that verse, and I'd say, okay, Lord, that's my verse for today. Now I'm going to go out here and walk through life. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to get gas. I want that verse to come alive so I can understand what it means. That's what I did. I started in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. I want to show you, because actually, I just went, I was sitting back, uh, actually, in between services today, I went over to Target to work on the sermon. I sat in Target this afternoon and watched people come in shopping. And I looked in my Bible, Psalm 1-1, I wrote down the date I started there, and I wrote Psalm through Proverbs, Psalm and Proverbs, you ready? I did those two books. That's all I'm telling you about right now. I've done the other passages too. Psalm through Proverbs, I wrote it down right here and kept it up with it. It took me seven and one half years to go through those two books. And see, it was really weird. I got to the end of it, I thought, man, I guess I probably should feel guilty. That friend of mine there, he did the Bible, he's read the Bible through seven times. I ain't even got through Psalm and Proverbs but I'll tell you this, I know what those Psalms and Proverbs mean and stand for because they got into my life and I'm gonna show you what I mean. I'm gonna take Psalm 97 tonight and I'm gonna show you what the Lord did for me in the Psalm passage. And you may say, boy, Dan, I'm I'm telling y'all, do your devotions the way you do them. But for someone here tonight, this is going to encourage you. And Ken's going to help me in a minute. We're going to sing a couple of songs that match the Psalms that we're reading. Come alive. Psalm chapter 97 starts like this. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. That's all I read for that day. I was done. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice. So I started thinking, Lord, what does that mean? I looked at a couple commentaries, I understand the historical context of it, and then I said, Lord, what does that mean? What's a distant shore? Like for me, a distant shore would be, you know, I went to New Zealand one time and I stood on one of the shores there, I guess I could call that a distant shore for me. And that didn't feel right. No, that's not it. I'm gonna tell you how the Lord showed me what this passage means. So I'm living my life. I read Psalm Psalm 97.1, the Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distance shore. I'm just living life. And then one day, I'm at a airline ticket counter. I'm at a lot of those. I was at one yesterday. You walk up, and you're getting on the plane. On this particular day, I'd gone up to this ticket counter, and this lady that's helping me had just announced, this flight, ladies and gentlemen, has been Canceled. That's not fun. If you're in an airport and the flight you're sitting there waiting for your flight, and then they announce, "Hey, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the flight is canceled." And I went up to the lady at the counter. I said, "Ma'am, I, I've got to get somewhere. I'm a speaker. They need me at this place. I got to go." Well, sir, there there's nothing we can do. This. Well, are you, is there another flight? No, sir. Well, ma'am, this is not good. I've got to get. And I started getting a little frustrated. Very frustrated. Annoyed. I've got to get where I got to preach the gospel and this woman's not making it happen. And I walked away from her and I had read this verse. And the Lord spoke to my spirit as I walked away. Having had a bad attitude, I'm walking away. And the Lord spoke this to me. Dan, that lady right there, that was the one and only time you'll ever meet her in your life. She is a distant shore of your life. Did she see me in you today? That got me. Let the distant shores rejoice. Watch this. The people you run into one time, y'all ain't a distant shore. Ken ain't no distant shore. Ken and I are friends. He's one of my close shores. My distant shore is somebody I happen into when I go through some store in Grand Rapids and they're checking me out and I get my stuff as a distant shore. I'll probably meet them one time on this earth. Did I act like Jesus? It changed me a lot. Uh, I, I'm one of the nicest guys at the ticket counter when planes get canceled now that you will ever meet. It changed me. In fact, I will go up to people who are treating the lady bad I, or the guy bad. I'll walk up to them and say, hey, bro, bro, bro. She, she doesn't have the keys to the plane. She can't go out there and crank it or anything. and She can't bring another plane. This woman just happens to be standing behind. The only difference between you and her is she's over there. Don't yell at her. Be nice to her. And they'll always like, thank you, sir. I'm like, no problem. Give me some free miles. I mean, you know, I always try to you know, work with them. <laughs> but I would ask you tonight. How do you treat the distant shores of your life? How do the people you'll run into tomorrow, a one and only time, will they see Jesus in you? It's a really big deal. That was, I I stayed, guys, I probably stayed in that verse for a week before the Lord showed me that. But I can tell you now, when I read Psalm 97, one, boom, gets me. And, I have to check myself with this. Because, hey, let's all admit, sometimes when we know we're not gonna see that person ever again, we actually go the other way. Well, this won't matter. That matters to God. And if I'm gonna be an authentic Christian, um, I want to be the kind of guy that the distant shores of my life, look, look, the outer perimeter, the very tips of the edges, I want them to rejoice in Jesus. And the people that they touch, I want them to be encouraged, having met me. That's good. That's a good word for us to take with us tonight. Some people will benefit if we live that way. Verse 2. This is the way I did it. I'm just showing you. Verse 2. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Lord, what does that mean? Clouds and thick darkness surround you. Does that mean I can't get to you? Because if there's a big fire and there's a cloud of smoke and everything, I can't get in there unless I'm a fireman with a suit on and I got special oxygen. I can't get, what does this mean, Lord? So I just kept going, Lord, what does that mean? Clouds and thick darkness surrounds you. I don't like that thought. I want, I want you to be clear. I want you to be visible. I, I want to just be connected to you. And it sounds to me like you're kind of blocking that a little bit. So I just prayed. And I just kept reading that verse day after day. And one day I was out, and you guys have done this many, many times. The sun was behind some clouds, and ever since I was a little boy, as you guys were taught by your parents, don't look at the sun, on a sunny day, don't look at the sun, or you'll burn the retinas out of your eyes, and you remember when you were a little kid, you had to test that, mom said, Dan, don't look at the sun, mom, come on, oh my goodness, mom, mom, I don't see anything, I can't even see you, mom, I told you not to look at it, boy, well I know, mom, but you shouldn't have told me, that made me want to look. But when it's really cloudy, you know those times where you can see just the sun through the cloud and you can actually look at it for a second because the clouds block it enough that you can actually get a view and you can actually look at the sun and go, wow, that's crazy, it's amazing. And the Lord just kind of reminded me, Dan, if you saw all of me right now, you'd just be falling flat on your face. Yeah. We, we don't get that. I, I believe someday we're all just going to be like, it's going to be crazy. Because the best we can get right now is that through the clouds and thick darkness, because if he revealed him whole self, we'd just be going down. We'd just be going down. And Lord, I want to I get to that day where I see you face to face. The best I'm going to get on this earth is old clouds and darkness and all this junk in my life, that stuff we talked about, Lord, I got all this stuff in my life I have to battle through and I, I, I go through these different things I face and, and Lord, someday, face to face, but till then, help me see you. Help me see you every now and through the clouds and the thick darkness of this earth. Help me see you in my life. Remind me you're there. Every now and then, Lord, give me one of those occasions where I can just stand and stare at what I can handle for now. And that's how that verse Came alive for me. When I see the sun now, if I'm driving down the road and I can see it a little bit, you know, I can look at it for a second, guess what verse comes to my mind? Clouds and thick darkness surround you. It just comes to my mind. So the Bible jumped into my life. I remember it. I got it. I like it. Because to me, that's scripture coming alive. Look at verse number four. We'll go to verse four. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. Verse five, the mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. This one I spent some time in. Lord, what do you mean your lightning lights up the earth? I get that, Lord. I mean, there's, there's thunderstorms that come my way, and our house, the way it's located, I can look out and watch a thunderstorm coming. Love to watch. Any of you guys love? I love to watch. I love to go to Oklahoma. When I have to speak in Oklahoma, there ain't no place to watch storms like Oklahoma. There comes a the tornado, baby, and you can watch it. <laughs> it's just flat. And then I thought, there's got to be more to this. I know what lightning's like. I know how powerful it is. But then I began to do some research on it. Tel Aviv University in Israel, they did a study, they researched how many lightning bolts are hitting the earth all the time. Did you know that right now, every second, there are five bolts of lightning hitting the every second. So every minute, what does that come out to? 300? Is that what that comes out to? Every minute, 300 bolts of lightning are hitting the earth. Now, I want you to stop and just picture that a second. Every minute. While we've been in here, this little man, his lightning is lightning, lighting up the earth. It gives a whole new perspective on this for me. And I am a child of the God who can harness 300 bolts of lightning a minute on this earth, and you, you guys understand how much power is in one bolt of lightning, right? Could run Chicago for a little while. And 300 bolts just hit the earth while I was talking about that passage. You are a powerful and amazing God. Just keep striking, baby. And that's the way I view this. And when there's a thunderstorm, I think to myself, my goodness, there's five of those every second around the earth. God is God is God is God and the mountains melt like wax. I told Ken I want him to sing right here because we got a song that kind of ties right into this. And I want you to think of your own self tonight and realize that one of the things that we were doing just moments ago is um, to be followers honestly and fully of God, we just gotta let self melt away. The the mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Now watch this. All the people see his glory. The Lord showed me about that verse. Do you hear that? All the people see his glory. You go, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Everybody sees it, just some of us choose to recognize it. We don't just see it, we go, oh, that's God. Other people go, oh, no, that's just, no, 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 it's not just his. that is God Almighty. And tonight, we see his glory, we recognize his glory, and we worship him for his glory. So that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna worship the Lord right now as part of this message. I want you to sing this song that ties right to that passage, and when you read that passage, this'll be a song that hopefully will come to your mind and your thoughts. Can you do your thing? Yeah. There kin because verse 9 says for you O Lord are the most high over all the earth you are exalted far above O gods all gods I don't know if you know this but in India alone there are 330 million gods 330 million gods I've had neighbors who were Hindu in their worship and faith and talked to them been in their homes who worship everything and this passage says, you alone are God of gods. There is one God. He's the God we've come to worship. We're going to keep worshiping. Ken, right? go right into that next song. We're going to worship this one true God. He's over us all. Some of you are going to know this song as soon as it starts. An oldie but goodie, Ken kind of said. But I want us to worship this Lord God tonight. Let's just sing it, Ken. Lead us in that worship. of your voice as you sing. check yourself. Is there anything that hinders you from singing that all out? Is there anything that slips up into that priority number one spot that shouldn't be there? Is there anything keeping you from allowing that song to connect you to the God who created you, the one true God? Is there anything? If there is, I I invite you just to lay that thing at the altar tonight. I'm going to just open the altar up for a second. I want you to walk down and just lay your thing at the feet of Jesus. Um, I want you to be able to sing this song from your heart and your soul. If there's anything in your life that would hinder you from singing that, I literally want you just to come down here and just kneel and just lay it at the feet of Jesus because there ain't nothing worth hindering you from knowing the one true God. Nothing, ain't nothing. He wants to be the Lord of all your life. Anything. Anybody. Just come and kneel before the Lord. This is a sweet thing. made us to worship you. You made our hearts to want to be connected to you. And so tonight, we surrender everything to you, Lord. Surrender our stuff. Surrender ourselves. Surrender our families. Surrender our businesses. We surrender it all to you, Lord, because it's all yours anyway. We're going to pass on. When we're done, that stuff won't count. And so tonight... Remind us that you want us to exalt your name. That's why you keep pounding it in this scripture that you are the God above all gods and we recognize you. We don't just know you're out there tonight. We don't just see your glory. Lord, tonight, here's a group of us saying, we recognize that you are God of all. We love you, Jesus. Be pleased with our worship. Be pleased with our connection. Let your Spirit move and work in us, Jesus. I um, as you as you're seated, go ahead and be seated for a second. I, I want to just kind of I want to wrap this thing up with something I want to tell you. I could keep reading on in Psalm 97, but stay connected with me here and just for just a moment. Um, I'm going to introduce you to somebody by video in just a minute, and I want to set it up. Um, There's a young lady I've known since she was 18, probably 17. I was her youth pastor. And just after that time, uh, she came down with a disease called ataxia. Uh, It's a very odd and unique disease that attacks the central nervous system. And she was a young lady, had charisma. She was a cheerleader, high and high, and just, just a great young lady fell in love with the Lord when I was a youth pastor and got this crippling disease. She's had it now for many years. And about ah, three weeks ago, uh, got word that she now has cancer throughout her whole body, stage four. She's, she's been a witness for the Lord through everything she's faced. This ataxia thing took her down, put her in a wheelchair, and she goes around and speaks and is a testimony for the Lord. So about a month ago, you know, she gets this word that she has cancer and it's stage four. And they tell her she has two months to live. And so the other night, I, I don't know why I got on my motorcycle, but I said to Jane, I said, hey, babe, I'm going to ride over to Holly's house and just see how she's doing. And she lives probably 20 minutes from me. And so I jumped on my motorcycle and I showed up at her house. And when I came pulling up into her house, she was outside in her wheelchair, walking down the street with her mom. And She started hollering at me. She's fun. She's got a lot of charisma still. She goes, whose motorcycle is that? I'm like, Holly, that's that's my motorcycle. She goes, can I ride? She said, that's on my bucket list, Pastor Dan. Can I ride? So I said, absolutely. So I threw her on the back of my motorcycle. I didn't throw her. I picked her up and... (laughs) put her on the back of my motorcycle and the lower part of her body doesn't work very good so I just said hang on Holly and I said you want to wear a helmet she goes no she said shoot no if I fall I got two months if I fall off this thing and this is the way I go so be it I'm happy I'm like no I don't want to lose you it'll be my fault you'll be gone but I'll be the one in jail but we jumped on my motorcycle and For those of you who know Holland, you know it's not a big town, but we were over by Holland High School, which is on Van Ralty, which you know, the speed limit there is 30, and I was going at least eighty. Because she said, wide open, wide open. And I'm like, yeah, well if cop pulls me over, I'm gonna be like, dude, she's got too much to live. Leave us alone. You know. And we had a blast. We laughed. I, I love this girl. She's a great girl. And we got done with the motorcycle trip and we went in her house and sat down and I grabbed my phone and I turned it around and I put us on video and I just said, Holly, talk to us about how to die. She said, Dan, I, I don't know why. I have no fear. She said, my whole life I've been talking about this thing called eternity with heaven. Why in the world would I want to slow it down? It was just beautiful. And I want you to see, the video is pretty long. I'm not going to make you watch that. But I want you to see the end of this little video I shot with her. So remember, i just taken her for a motorcycle ride. We've had a lot of fun. We're laughing. I've known her a long time. I'm trying to help her check off some things on her bucket list that day. Um, I actually asked her to be here with me today, but she's on a bucket list checkoff in California with four high school friends. Uh, she knows I'm talking about her. But watch this video. Here's a lady who showed me how to live Psalm 97, letting the Lord bring glory out of your life, no matter your circumstance. So just humor me a second and watch the end of the video that I took with Holly. If I can say to you, I think Holly's a lot like Christ, and that's why I can say that.
1: Well, I mean, except
0: sometimes, you know, we don't record that. Uh, I think it'd be really cool for you to pray. Mm
1: Me? Really?
0: I think it'd be cool for you to pray for all of us. Okay. okay. We're going to be left behind, and you're going to be in heaven, and I want you to pray for us that will be true, and that some maybe who are watching right now would watch how you handle death, and it would remind them that day's coming for them, and they want to be as classy as you are. Okay, well... Um,
2: but I also need to say that <laughs> Oh okay gotcha. He totally he meaning P D me you. Okay. Um we have a church of like I don't know twenty five hundred Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways who is speaking totally put me on the spot. Do you remember this? White down from the stage it made me pray. I did? Yeah. I'm doing it again. I know And then you did it last time, obviously
0: very effectively, or I would have remembered. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) Anyways, okay. God thanks so much for who you are. I just told BD and the Facebook world that I'll see you soon. And um you know, for the people who are left here, people who are doing life here, that can be overwhelming and freaky. But you're not. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for the people that you're blessing with in life, like the peas who bring up our motorcycle and allow me to go for a ride just for the people that you've blessed me with in my life, here on earth, who allow me to be real, allow me to be me. And so God, I pray for those people who don't know you, who are maybe rolling their eyes at this part, but um, God, I just pray for them even now, knowing that your spirit is gonna nudge them in a way that we're not capable of doing. So just thanks for being a big God. We don't get it. We're not gonna try to figure it out, try to make it like we understand suffering, but through it all we wanna give you glory, and we being me. So, God, take my life these last couple months Mm -hmm. and just allow them to make a difference for you. Mm -hmm. I love you. In your name.
0: It's a great girl right here. Thank you, Holly. We love you too. She's finishing life pretty classy. So as I sat there with her as she prayed that final prayer, I found myself saying, am I ready to do that? It's easy to sit with someone who's been told they got too much to live, but what if that was you? Could you let Psalm 97 resonate out of who you are? So my prayer is tonight, as we've talked a little bit about Scripture and how to apply it to our life, that you'll take this stuff. Ken's going to come. We're going to finish with one final song of worship. Allow yourself to, again, be thankful for all God has given you. Probably most of us in here have more than two months to live. We don't know. But let's let those two months plus be lived to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Let's do that. Ken... Come, help us worship the Lord as we close our night out together. Let's stand together.